December 6th, Nuevo Vallarta, Mexico. Don't look down. Don't look down. I kept repeating those three words, a sing-song mantra to steady myself and get through time, pushing through seconds and minutes until it would be afterwards, and this nightmare would be over. Don't look down. But I didn't have to look. I knew what was beneath me. I could picture what was lying six stories down on the concrete beside the kidney-shaped swimming pool near the mouth of the alligator water slide. Under the glowing light of sunrise, I imagined a widening crimson puddle, a clump of arms and legs, a shattered bone protruding through flesh, tangled hair matted into a cracked skull. Don't look down, I said again, and I didn't. Instead, I aimed my eyes straight ahead, focusing not on the brick wall in front of me, but on the air surrounding my head. I stared into it, straining to see my aura, looking for stains, for splotches of darkness. Was it possible to see your own aura? Was there even such a thing? If there was, I couldn't see it, saw only inches of emptiness between me and the bricks, and at the periphery of my vision, the railing. For the briefest moment I had a lapse. I almost turned my head, almost looked down at my hand. Don't look, I chanted, don't look. Looking would mean moving my head, and if I moved it, If I moved anything at all, I'd disrupt my balance and slip. And then, with a thud, there would be two blobs of bones planted beside the pool. A pelican dive-bombed past me, the rush of air nearly knocking me over. I held my breath, holding steady. I called out again, hoping someone would wake up, but no one came. So I told myself to stay steady and think of other things. Other times. I stared at the wall and repeated, Don't look down, don't look down, don't look down. Girls' night was always on Thursday, so that meant it had to have been a Thursday, what, sixteen days ago? A soiled paper napkin had been fluttering along the sidewalk alongside us, dropping to the concrete and lifting off again, escorting Becky and me down South Street on a blustery November evening. I smelled onions frying at Jim's steaks and the rawness of oncoming night. Of course, I didn't dare shiver now, didn't dare move. I kept still, muscles aching and taut, as I concentrated on keeping balanced. Balanced. It sounded like eating a diet of yogurt, vegetables, and whole grains. Maybe if I'd eaten more granola, I'd be better balanced now. Maybe. Or maybe being balanced meant measuring out equal parts and counterparts, like impulsiveness and self-restraint, sanity and craziness, working and playing, sleeping and being awake, rising and falling. Stop! I scolded myself. Don't think about falling. Just balance. I hung on, and there was the paper napkin again, floating beside Becky and me on South Street. 
two weeks and two days ago. We were in no hurry. We passed tattoo parlors, coffee shops, pizza places, shoe boutiques. And then Becky stopped beside an orange neon sign. Readings, $10. She peered through the storefront window, then turned to me with an impish smirk. I knew that smirk, had seen it before. It had led to singles bars and spa days, all-night department store sales, weekend cruises, online dating sites, casinos, and Zumba lessons. The smirk was like a neon sign warning, brace yourself. Elle, you up for this? No way. I was barely up for dinner, had come out only under duress. In the months since Charlie's death, I hadn't been doing much of anything—